Welcome to TikTok Boom podcast. My name is Nasty Potts and I work with people on turning their purpose in life into a successful business. Each week I'll be bringing you an inspiring personal message to help you unlock creating your living your life full of energy, gratitude, action and happiness. The scariest thing is to be yourself. One of the reasons I left the corporate world was because I really felt I lost my sense of identity. I'd lost being able to understand in my mind who Natalie was. And I often said this, that's not me. I don't know who I am anymore. Uh, and my therapist would really challenge me on it. As many of you know, who've worked in corporate structures, there is often a real great focus on personal development, uh, aligning our career maps to our future within that organization. So I was really always really clear on exactly what I wanted to achieve within a one to five year time frame. And it's that clarity that had me questioning in 2015, what skills I could develop in addition to the day job that would serve that, but also propel my development in a professional and non-professional capacity. And luckily, I found the coaching world. And that's when I started my journey on my coaching diploma and started to fit the pieces of puzzle together a little bit more. Coaching invites and offers you a chance to be very self-aware. Okay. And I say a chance because not everybody really still understands and fulfills this in its, uh, the way it should be when we're learning uh, to become and be a great coach. And when your job is to ask people lots of questions, it's natural to understand that you will start to coach yourself through certain situations. And hence, coaches often still need coaches, but it's mainly for the accountability side of things. To be self-aware and get to a place, as I previously referenced, where I debated every decision I made and every action I took was really, really distressing me. And to me, a loss of identity meant that I didn't know who I was. The self-identity for what I believed in, what made me laugh, what made me smile, my morals in life, my character, my personality had just become uh, that little fragments of pieces that I just couldn't put together. And I just felt, even that in my behaviour, very sketchy. And, and I hated it. It was discouraging. It was a place of absolute fear. Fear of, well, what, what, what's happening here? And a lot of people will say, they feel stuck. But my challenge is that no one's really ever stuck, are we? Because we're always in motion. And I see it a lot out there. I see it a lot in the coaching world, people saying this word, oh, well, if you feel that you've been stuck, you know, reach out and do my program, reach out and t- let me know. And I'm not saying that's not important. But if life is always in motion, we're not stuck. So take a moment here to be really conscious of what that means, because when you have energy, therefore motion, things are forever changing. So they are never literally stuck. This is my argument. So we are just thinking the same thoughts over and over and over. And although they are always changing, they are often changing the same thing over and over and over. Okay. We still have the same thoughts. So if you want to bring change to different things, you have to change the way you think. You have to change the thoughts you have. And this requires us to have awareness and we have to then shift that. So what feels familiar to us and find a different path. So I knew I needed to bring change. I needed to understand that there was a collective of problems that had led me to this trigger moment, okay, where life just escalated and went boom or whatever you want to call it. That's what happened to me. 
I needed to really slow down and understand that I needed to change my thoughts and make those life changes. I needed to unpack this colossal weight that I felt was just on top of my body the whole time and feeling that I just couldn't literally breathe. And I knew that therapy sessions would help and that that would be the beginning part of the journey to heal. And I had to start to really trust that, to trust that the weight of all this baggage could be released. Although strangely what it does as well is it creates a security blanket around you, that, you know, loss of identity, the the fear, it, it keeps you secure. It makes you feel strangely safe. And of course, we know psychological safety is, you know, like Maslow would say in the hierarchy of needs is the basic need we have in life is to feel safe. I didn't feel safe. I wasn't safe in a work network I was in. I wasn't feeling safe in life, but I wasn't really understanding what that meant to me and being aware enough to say, actually, things have got to change here. Hence, those problems and problems and problems just compounded. And then, of course, there's the one trigger that happens and it just feels like that's the only thing, but it's just not. And you've got to go for a journey of exploring exactly what that is, what's led you to that. And that's tough. It's a tough ask for somebody. So I, I just kind of had this thinking of, you know, what will protect me? You know, and I didn't know. And that became really scary, a really scary place to be, a very dark place to be. And just as I shared that it's never one thing that gets us to that kind of one state of tension or depression, fear, anxiety or pain, it's a collective of problems, right? I started to think about, well, if it's a collective of problems, I'm going to need a collective of solutions, right, to turn this around. Why would I sit here and think that one coach, one therapist, one book, one program, uh, one chat with a doctor, whatever, whatever the scenario, one chat with your boss, whatever it is, would make the difference? Why do we always feel that we need to rush, rush, rush? It's that instant gratification kicking in that if we just really just, oh, if I focus on it now and do that one action and everything will change and be fine again, it's not going to happen. And it's because a lot of people aren't patient as well. We're not patient in business. We're not patient in life. We're not patient in ourselves. We're, we're definitely not patient with others half of the time. But we're not aware of that. So I knew, though, if I break this down and really understand it, I could start to really look at how I would marginally move forward day by day by taking the smallest of steps. And when you feel a loss of identity, something strange happens with time. It's like you lack all concept of what time means and what it means to you and to others. So the days can easily turn into weeks, weeks into months, and then they actually just become one big blur. And in reflection, obviously, that that's not actually very true, is it? So you've been facing into really having to challenge yourself on what's going on. And that is, again, facing the fear. You have to go back to the basics. So I knew that going for a walk with a friend, maybe the next day would be like, a, nope, can't do that. I couldn't even conceptualize like the next day. It was like, I could just think about today at the moment. And it was almost like someone had put a block in front of you where it was, nope, today's today. That's it. Black and white, there's nothing else around it. I'm here. And you start to become aware of all of those thoughts you have. You know, like I was very much about well, what's, I'm very black or white all or nothing, perfectionist, if I've done something wrong in a day, you know, it's game over, go again the next day. And there's certain reasons for that in the past of things I've done, behaviours and, uh, you know, ways of being in life. And yeah, that, that happens to us, right? But it's about saying, okay, well, this is where I'm at. I can't change the past. What do I need to understand? 
and what can I do to to change things to move forward you know reality is here now and what can I change and that's why I love coaching because you'll delve into the elements of the past but only from a the the idea of the possible as such the strengths you know what was there that worked really well for you before that you can employ now and use to help you move forward we're not going to delve into the behaviors the patterns and everything and unpack that to change it but we are going to be aware of the great things so that's why I'm very much about coaching and and you know understanding when we need therapy as well I'm a huge advocate for therapy I'll say this every day to somebody because you know, gone are the days years ago where suddenly, you know, I remember years ago when I started in work and, you know, the Saturday nights or, you know, any night after work and you think, do you want to go for a drink? Do you want to just, you know, let's put the world to right and then we'll go home, have a lovely evening, come back, do the same thing tomorrow. And, and that strangely was worked for us in some ways. And I really challenge people nowadays to have to think differently about well what does that look like how are we going to ma- how are we actually going to be always able to manage our mental health and emotional well-being and it it's it invites a different way of living with that we've got to do something different to what we did before uh, because life's changing the world's changing we need to adapt and that's always why I say to people one of the top things in running your own business and and showing up in any business to be fair is you've got to have your emotional and physical mental well-being on point you've got to understand what that means to you and trying your best to make that a priority in your life it's really important so going back to that I knew that you know like even going for a walk the next day would be a big thing to me and a huge leap forward if, if I could achieve that and in time I did but it was really hard when I'd seen myself as this girl that had the constant reinforcement about, you know, you're doing really well, you you know, you you achieve great things in where you're at in, your, in, in business, in life. Uh, you know, people look at you and think, you know, how well you've done. You knew there was something more inside and something more to give. And you knew you're really confident. And yeah, I think when you had that pressure of people thinking you've got your shit together as such, but inside you're not feeling that and there's an internal conflict going on that that's really hard and that's where it becomes quite dark and isolated for some people it becomes very lonely and i think it it got me thinking about how would i ever let go of this fear that had somehow just started to creep and just engulf me and i didn't even see it coming and it was by going back to the basics and asking what do i stand for what do what do i you know what do i think of myself how do others see me and how do i react under pressure and tension and how would i heal that part that that latter part there and we all know that whenever you start something new it feels really clunky right and i always use this analogy when i'm mentoring coaches so i mentor for uh, the coaching academy every week and it's about helping them get through their journey and i'll often say to them a few things i say all the time one you're not there yet you're here the same as i'm here i'm not where i want to be yet but love and enjoy that moment be in reality a bit stop always thinking about next 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 understand this is where you're at and you've got to work on things, you've got to practice things, you've got to be consistent, you've got to understand what they mean and work on them. But I say always, this, and again, the other thing I'll say to him is around this analogy of when we start driving a car, we have to feed the wheel through a certain way, right? It requires us to be very focused, it requires a concentration, 
don't break the rules, don't cross your arms. And we get very fearful if we get it wrong. So we stick to the guidance and teachings instructor. But that's the part that whatever we start is new and unfamiliar to us feels clunky. It feels hard. Of course it does. But with consistency, you know, basics, practice, learning to be uncomfortable with uncomfortable situations, that helps us to start to improve. And then we can start changing things. And we can start really thinking about, you know, what do things mean to us? And as I'm saying there, we go back to the basics of who we are. Who are we? What do we stand for? What are our values in life? What are our beliefs in life? What is our character like, our personality like? How do we work well with others? How do we, uh, you know, work when we're on our own? What are the thoughts and the feelings that we have? Do we spend time out just thinking about why we are how we are? And that's what I'm really meaning about going back to this basics. And, and everyone knows I love Hamilton Musical, but I love it because it's relatable. And when you really explore things years and years ago, like none of this was is just need for us, yet we think that in our world, we're the only one that's got that problem, or no one else knows, oh, it's, it's, it's easy for you. But so often, actually, if we share things with people and we have a great network around us, people that support us, and this is really always important as well, is the people you surround yourself with. You know, Jim Rohn says you're the average of the five people you spend your time with. He's bang on. And Alexander Hamilton, though, he had a quote saying, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. So when you are truly to able be to be your true self, this is when you will shine. This is when others can see the potential in you. This is when you can then start to, I've shared before around the idea of people believing in you and how that can really help us feel more confident. But being original, because no one is the same as you and we're all uniquely different. Why would we want to be the same? Can you imagine if we had a world where we all looked the same, thought the same, did the same things? It would just be like artificial robots, right? It'd be like them, those movies that we watch. And Ryan Holiday shares this book I've recently listened to, and there's, there's elements have taken to inspire me to do this today and share these ideas with you. But he talks around courage is calling and that to be um, anything but yourself is to be a coward. And sometimes when we have language like that, coward, and it's like, wow, that's intense. But actually, we need to take note of, well, there is actually truth in that. And we need to be true to ourselves, right? We need to be honest with ourselves about things. We need to not limit um, ourselves to what we can achieve. Because if we're really honest, there is no reach that doesn't look strange to somebody, right? There is something we will do that somebody will go, that's weird. I don't like that. I don't like her. I don't like the way she does things. You know, him or her, sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that's just rubbish, right? Whereas I'll always say to people that it's a bit like the community I've got for coaches. I'll say, if this is right for you, be a part of it. But don't invest time and effort and energy in something that's not right for you. Just say, that's not for me. But there doesn't have to be judgment attached to that all the time. And often I'll say to people that if people are judging you, it's come from a place where it's them having to self-validate something that's within them that they have not unpacked and explored. They feel that they need to share and push onto you their 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 issues and what's going on for them, opposed to just saying, Do you know what, it's just it's not me. They're not my type of person. And um sometimes 
requires him to be a bit more open-minded and sometimes that's just life we are going to get rejected at points and we need to understand again that like that's what i'm saying here is go back to the basics if if somebody says that's not for me and you feel really rejected through that and it's just a well you're this you're that as your reaction back to them you need to stop yourself and say, why am I having those thoughts? Why don't I simply go, absolutely fine. You can still build a relationship with somebody. You don't have to agree with everything. So we have to find, again, this being comfortable and uncomfortable and knowing that we don't have to get on with everybody. And this came about, right, this idea that most people would rather die than be uncomfortable most people would rather die than take the challenge of publicly speaking because that fear is just too much for them. <laughs> just sometimes when we say that, and I know I can have uh, have and do feel those feelings on some things, it, but it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like that sounds crazy to me. And you might think, well, no, it's not. But and that's fine. But I think it does, and we need to start thinking about again what is it within that that holds us back and stops us. So when we focus on our strengths, it really helps us to really understand what we're great at. So this is why I love doing disc assessment with my clients, which is a personality profiling tool, because it invites them to really look at who they are, how others see them, and how they are under stress and tension. And often they'll share, well, that's me. And it's like, well, it's a personality tool, so it's going to be close to you, yes. But to really then think about, well, how do others see me is where the awareness can come in. And then understand exactly how you react under stress and tension. Well, it's what's the next off of that? What's the action? And how can you change that going forward? So if you take the example of, again, people speaking in public, they haven't just suddenly become confident in that. They would have had exactly the same thoughts as sometimes we have. And they have become invested purely in what do I do really well? and I'm working improving it, what are my limitations and what action do I need to take to change those? So investing in a time in really looking at ourselves is really hard. It's a hard challenge. And for many, it's hard to even admit that they need to go on that journey. But we're all works in progress. And we can come best be better by investing in ourselves, listening to our thoughts, listening to what others share around us and understanding what that means to us, because it's maybe not right or wrong, it's very subjective often, but really thinking about, well, how do I make the changes I want to for my life to improve? And as Franklin Roosevelt once said, the only thing we should fear is fear itself. So we should fear fear. And that's false evidence peering real. So if we truly knew ourselves, we would know what is true to us. We would know what we stand for. And fear makes things worse. It's absolutely paralyzing when it's at its worst. And how it shows up in our life and how we choose to um, allow it to change us means that it holds us from accomplishing great things. So some questions I'd like you to think about is, What do you stand to lose by doing the scariest thing and being authentically you? What could you gain if you knew who you were and lived by this every day? What could you gain by feeling a sense of identity? And what if you raised up the challenge to take more time and explore why you do what you do? 
of course, we don't need to be different for the sake of being different. And that's not what this is getting at at all, because it's especially if sometimes people can seem that they're, you know, brave people are very intimidating and they're, they're threatening. We don't, we don't want to encourage that at all. But it is about looking at we do need to have the courage to choose to have a voice and to stand by that. And having confidence in knowing yourself does not absent fear from our lives. It just helps us to know that we'll be okay despite that fear, that you can master managing the relationship you have with fear. So for an example, I recently had to speak to over 200 people. I had to really dig deep. Now, what I noticed when I took a bit of time out to understand why was I feeling this way, why was I getting feelings of a little bit of anxiety and those thoughts around my head of what will I think of me, what will I look like, uh, will I sound professional, will I forget what I'm going to say, what happens if I mess up, all these what if, what if, what if, what if. And I, I had to kind of check myself in and just say, so what? What if it went amazingly well? And this point is that you'll never, ever eliminate fear. It's just impossible. But what I did notice from that was that in the situations where I wasn't fearful before, where I looked like I had my shit together, I was very, very comfortable. And and again, that going part to the, we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It was just a safe zone for me, right? But it was that security blanket and that zone that had me in a place feeling loss of identity. So it wasn't working for me. I needed to embrace these new feelings I was feeling and go down that road of how are they going to feel for me if I just keep showing up and hitting those all the time? How is that going to change? And and actually, I'm really interested to go on that journey and understand and feel what that what, what, what that is like. And that's scary, but I'm actually also kind of liberated and excited about what that could be. And as I shared there, it feels uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. If anything is often actually true for us is that fear sometimes can protect us right so think about the fight or fight system when we need to respond to something that is actually perceived as stressful or frightening sometimes we need that that fear to kick in if i didn't have a fear for snakes like i have a massive fear for it so i probably might need sometimes react where I'd have to jump off and because the snake's coming at me. So do you see what I'm saying here? That sometimes we need to understand that it's not dangerous and we need it sometimes as well. So if you cultivate the willingness to accept your fear and get on with life despite feeling afraid, then you send a powerful message to your brain. Okay? You accept it. Athletes and armed forces know about this. They know that training is key to overcoming fear in any and all situations, and training starts with them. What we do not expect and what we have not practiced has an advantage over us. So what we have prepared for, what we've anticipated, we'll be able to answer. So we must take responsibility to know that what we stand for and the thoughts that we have and the way that we assert ourselves is key. Imagine ourselves at crossroads. We must look within and observe those feelings when presented with a choice. When we are familiar and we know ourselves, we can manage ourselves and we can repeat this, which then leads to confidence and confidence leads to courage. And then we take action. We've failed sometimes in life to really understand that the most important thing is being yourself. It is not in our education system, unfortunately, hence why so many people say they hit a midlife crisis or they get to points where people tell them they've changed. And 
yeah, of course they've changed. Or maybe they've just outgrown that situation they were in before of what someone knew with them. There's nothing wrong in that. But we all change. And I like to see it, like I've said, is that we've just grown. And sometimes, actually, we need to recognise it's just the language of the naysayers saying that we can't do something because that's more about them, not us. But within that, it is key to know that years of the education system should have taught us those things. But actually, in years to come, we end up having to heal and go back and understand why we have so many limiting beliefs and where they stem from and then work on them to change them. So to feel that, you know, we have fears and everything and we, we wouldn't want them at later ages, it's just a reality. And it's just about then how we approach it and make the best of it. And it's about practicing, practicing being you, practicing facing something that seems really scary. And with practice, you go through the actions over again. You build the muscle memory in that situation. You start to ask purposeful, tough questions of yourself. You become comfortable in the discomfort. And as Seneca once said, like, you, we often suffer more in imagination than our reality. The entrepreneur Tim Ferriss was recently listening to his TED Talk and uh, he writes about this exercise called fear setting and it is about defining articulating and the, the nightmares anxieties all of those doubts that hold us back and then he asks that once we've defined our fears we then understand how we can prevent them and then how we can repair them and then i was a bit exploring this idea of well, repair sounds a bit weird for me when we're thinking about fears and you know like goals coaching things like that i was like what does the word repair mean to me Cause obviously language is really powerful for coaches and repair to me meant heal how do we then heal these fears and by doing this we're inviting ourselves to really reframe the way we're seeing our fears see them as more tangible and not be afraid of them and see them as them being very familiar and what's something that's known to us. And then this seems less scary, right? It seems less dangerous because we've allowed the fear not to hold us back. We've allowed it to give us the ammunition and accept that we can take action from it. And this is what I think we should really be thinking about. And this is what Roosevelt said in terms of we should fear fear itself. So taking all of this in, it's really about being patient, kind to yourself. And Patience is a virtue. I don't see patience enough in the world. If I could give two things to the world, it would be empathy and patience, uh, and consistency on that. But empathy and patience, we've just lost a little bit. And we need to get back on track with that, with what does it mean to us? Because it has the potential to really accelerate and amplify where we're at in our lives. And, and that's when we can be consistent. So it's really here around maintaining the balance and noticing what you notice things won't always go to plan so you have to think about what you want to do and bring change to that break things down into manageable chunks and as i shared earlier start small to build something big my final thought to leave you with is to use fear as a compass fear alerts us to danger but it's also an opportunity and if it wasn't scary everyone would be doing it so the fear in ourselves is where we can get action. It's where we can have our growth if we reframe it. And I'll give you a recent example here. So I actually went for a head of mentoring role a couple of months back, and it was a great position in a charity. I didn't get the role, 
But I knew I was confident enough to go for the interview and it was with three of the uh, senior team. So I had to be on my game and share everything. And I was nervous. I was nervous, but I wanted to get across passion for it as well. But I really wanted to use the experience to learn more about myself. And if I wanted to go down that path, which I didn't know enough about, then I really needed to explore that. So all I was going to gain from this was feedback in terms of how I could grow. They weren't, you know, they weren't going to be plastering me with anything nasty or horrible it's just going to be stuff that I could really look explore and think okay well what does that mean to me what parts do I want to work on and what do I not want to work on do I really want this as well so I saw it as a great opportunity but I didn't get the role I did then get the opportunity to become a mentor with the charity and It just opened my eyes to think about the fact that we hold ourselves back from doing things and from opening doors and seeing the possible, you know, creating the art of the possible. If I didn't go from that, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to go and meet some amazing children who I'm now helping in their skills as they transfer from or they transition from education into employment and looking at those transferable skills they need. I'm really impacting and doing a passion I have in life, which is to help the younger generations and to really give back in a way as well. So that opportunity wouldn't come about if I didn't embrace and say no to the fear that I had about going for the interview and what they're going to say. Um, it wouldn't have come about. And I've also met some amazing people that has built my network from a business perspective. So it's only brought about amazing change for me. And I've learned a few things about myself as well. What I, you know, again, how I work and how I don't, what I need to change if I want to continue down that path. So allow fear to be your compass. Embrace the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Because it may not be the right time now. It may not be the right time the second time you do something. But that's when it might be the time when you needed to be ready and you are ready. So don't ever let fear from stopping you take action. Thank you for tuning in to Tick Tick Boom today. I really hope you're taking some value from that. And if you would like to take action and share it with me today, I would love for you to do that. I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast as well because that helps me get out to more people and help and serve more people. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That will also keep you up to date with all the episodes. So go today, take action, make a difference in someone's life. And of course, have a great day. Bye.